Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. All right. Hey, good morning. Good to see you all. Woo. Glad to be at church. Grateful that you guys, guys are even joining us online. I wish you could be here because we all know the camera adds 10 pounds. Come on, somebody. Like, you're seeing a lie right now. <laughs> Woo! Merry Christmas, y'all. Come on. It's, it's good to be at church this holiday season. Y'all see I got my red on? Come on, somebody. It's bringing out my, my Native American tones. Come on, you know. Let me stop. Woo! I better stop. A couple things I want to highlight. Uh, Christmas Eve service. You know, we, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, we, we typically every year a Christmas Eve service is something we look forward to as a church community and and obviously, you know, typically when we have those services, this place is packed wall to wall. And so that's one determining factor where we said, let's switch to an online expression. But even more than that, it's an opportunity for you to be with your family, your friends, uh, at the comfort of wherever home or place that you hang out during that time. But join us uh, Christmas Eve service. It'll be a great time of uh, worship that we'll have last week. We were able to take our one day to feed the world offering, Convoy of Hope. What a great message that we had last week in this season of giving, not forgetting about the poor. And I'm happy to announce, even for those of you online that contribute to that, I want to say thank you that in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of financial uncertainty, our church was able to raise just last weekend just over $60,000. Come on, somebody. Woo! Wow. Oh. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that doesn't forget about the poor. Come on, somebody. We were blessed with this great area in Southwest Florida that we live in. And oftentimes it's easy to forget that there are plenty even around us in our backyard, even in America, that go without. So I'm grateful for the church being the church. Amen? Uh, last thing I'll tell you about. Actually, we go back to the Christmas Eve service. I don't have one with me, but on your way out today, uh, you're going to get a little gift. And I'm not going to tell you what's in it, because if I tell you what's in it, you're going to be like, I don't, want, I don't need that. I don't want to do it. So everybody here, grab a gift on your way out. There'll be instructions in there. It's uh, really a point that we'll be able to tether you to our online service. Those of you that are joining online, our offices will be open this weekend, feel, or excuse me, this week. So you can feel free to drop by, even shoot us a, an email. We'll send it in. Uh, to the mail to you for a small fee. No, I'm just joking. We'll, we'll, we won't charge you for it. Just let us know. We'll send it to you. We'll get it to you. Uh, last thing, Pastor Ed sends his love to you guys. I've been in touch with him every couple weeks, and he loves you all. He misses his church family, but he is getting some much-needed rest, refreshing, and um, he's getting filled up with some vision. So continue to pray for him and Christy. But today, we're going to hear from God. Anybody ready to hear from God today? Come on. Let's all stand together. Let's stand. And uh, this little mini-series, if you will, that we're kicking off Christmas, according to Luke, and I'm going to be in the book of Luke, chapter 1, 26 through 38 is what I'm going to read here. I'm going to paint a picture. We're going to look at some characters here, some individuals that God meets uh, as he's bringing Jesus to this earth. Luke 1, 26 through 38, I'm reading from the NLT. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. 
She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, dazed and confused. She was like, who, who are you talking about? Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Woo. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and it will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I ain't never been with a man. Now, she didn't say it like that, but I'm just reading into it of how that conversation went with the angel. Well, let me stop. She said, I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Ooh, I wish I had time to just teach on that. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, will be set apart. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. The angel, the last thing he says before he leaves, and let's say this together, for the word of God will never fail. Let's say it again. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responds and she says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, would you reveal to us this Christmas season, this holiday season? God, reveal yourself to us. Reveal Jesus to us. But God, I pray that you would also restore hope in your people. God, you would restore joy in us. God, we thank you for your goodness. Speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Turn to the person next to you as you're seated and say, I'm God's favorite. I don't know about you, but I'm his favorite. That's cool. I am too. Christmas according to Luke. What's the significance of Luke's perspective? So we have the Gospels, really, the, the Gospels, the, the interpretation of, of that is just the good news. That's what Gospels means. So we see Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We see the good news of Jesus as it's portrayed through these different accounts. We see the book of Matthew. Matthew was a Jewish tax collector of, of being of uh, Hebraic descent. What, what the Jews valued was the name and understanding the ancestry of somebody. So Matthew leans into the prophecy and genealogy of Jesus. And it's like it goes into Abraham begot so-and-so and this person begot so-and-so. And it goes through this long lineage because if you understood where a person came from and what their family was about, that would tell you about who they are and what is expected of them and what will happen in their time on earth. So Matthew leans into that. In Mark, Mark just jumps in and he starts writing in John the Baptist. Mark really highlighting the miracles, the acts, and the power of God and ministry of Jesus through his miraculous acts. Gospel of John. I love the book of John. John just leans in and he draws a connection all the way back to Genesis. John opens up and he says, in the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. And further on, it says, and the word put on flesh and dwelt among us. It also says that he was the life. In him was life and the life was the light of men. John leans in this direction. But Luke 
gives us a little bit more color. You can say that Luke presents a broader canvas from which to paint the gospel message on. And he includes these different cast of characters, these individuals, the circumstances and the individuals that were around and directly affected by the birth of Jesus, the promise of Messiah being fulfilled in earth. So we're introduced to this cast of characters and how God intersects with them at different moments in their life. As I just kind of look across the auditorium and even online, I'm sure, there are different people in different seasons of life. Somebody say amen. Amen. But what we're going to see today is even how when Jesus, when God brings Jesus into our life, it intersects us in such a way that forever changes us. So that's my prayer even as we lean in. So 2020, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about how great 2020 was. Come on. <laughs> uh, 2020, it has brought a host of painful realities. COVID. An increased, I read something said that there's an increased level of domestic violence, abuse that's taken place. Increased alcoholism and drug addiction. Increased job loss is taking place. Divorce is taking place. Racial tension is taking place. Political discord is taking place. 2020 has brought a host of these painful realities. So here we find ourselves on the tail end of it, and we're like, whoo, we're almost done with 2020. And as far as I know, even when 2020 is over, like, there's still going to be problems. Come on, somebody. Like, there are, still, there are still going to be things that we need to contend to. Even as we're waiting, we're saying, oh, man, I can't wait for COVID to be over. When COVID's over, there will be another circumstance that is around to bring us anxiety. Maybe not like this. Come on, somebody. But there will be something in there that we will need our hope to be manifested. There will be issues in life that we will need to allow God to deliver the needed hope, joy, and peace that can only come from him. Let me just lean in right there. Hope, joy, Peace, it cannot come from our circumstances. It can only come from a God who created us. Somebody say amen. Amen. So this Christmas season, we look at the story of the birth of Jesus. Let's look at this. So I want to give you a point. Here's the first point I want to give you. Please take notes. If nothing else, take mental notes. Come on, if you forgot your pen or just grab your phone. Those of you online, you got to take notes. You can pause. You can stop. You can do a whole bunch of different things. So I better take notes. Here we go. First point. God is at work when things seem hopeless. God is at work when things seem hopeless. Let's go back to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Luke 1, 5 through 7. In the days of Herod, I'm now reading out of the ESV, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And and Luke has just taken the time to help us realize, if you understand anything about Aaron, Aaron was the first priest, the first priest and outpoured of the priest, uh, the first priestly duty in the kingdom of Israel amongst the people of Israel. So what, what Luke is just doing is he's tying back and saying, these people are both from a priestly, uh, they have a, a priestly inheritance. They are people who would be held in super high esteem. Verse six says, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes 
of the Lord. They were both righteous before God. Verse 7, but, everybody say, but. Now say it like me, say, but. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. They were both righteous before God. They did everything that they were supposed to do, but they were powerless when it came to receive the promise of a child. Many of us came into 2020 and said, I have done everything that I am supposed to do. I've done it all right. Things are going really great. But for whatever reason, there is one thing that you are not being able to receive or step into. You've done all the right things. You didn't do anything wrong. Yet still, you find yourself in this place of longing for something that you can't have or you don't have yet. Zechariah and Elizabeth find themselves in this place says they were advanced in years. They had no reason to think of a possibility of a child could happen. And as I was studying, I was writing some stuff down, and the Holy Spirit kind of just dropped a, a thought in my head. And, and when I heard it, I was like, that don't make no sense. And I'm going to say, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. If you've had an impression of something, you're like, I, that don't make sense, but I'm going to say it, and I'm going to walk you through it, but it'll be on the screen here, so you can write it down or take a picture of it, but here's this thought. Hopelessness comes when we have exhausted our own abilities, but hope also comes when we have exhausted our own abilities. Hopelessness, I have done everything I can. I am at the end of my rope. Everything that I know to do, I have done. And because it's not happening based on the way that I think it should happen, I feel hopeless. Here's the good news. As hopelessness comes in, hope follows it, right? Come on, so it's like faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You only need faith for the things that you don't have. Right? If you got it already, then you don't need faith for it. You already have it. So hope is the same thing. When hope is absent, that's when hope shows up. As soon as you feel hopeless, that's when God shows up. Ooh, that's a good word for somebody. So they're in this place. Let me pick it back up here. Luke, 8 through 13, they're advanced in years. They're like, Zechariah's looking at Elizabeth. He's like, girl, this ain't going to happen. Like, we just got to keep it moving. This is not going to happen. Luke 1, 8 through 13, speaking of Zechariah, now when he, while he was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Incense often in the Bible is depicted as a, as a form of worship or prayer. Even at times, incense was burned uh, at the moment of sacrifice to try to appease God or to offer up prayers of forgiveness to God. It says, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared an angel of the Lord as he was fulfilling his duty, as he was praying, then appeared to him the angel of the Lord. I just want to pause on verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. There's something that happens when we come together and pray to God as a people, as a church. Then it's, it says that when they, were, when they came together and they were praying, then the angel appeared. So there's power when we come together. There's power in agreement. There's power in prayer. We just did a whole teaching on that and pray first. 
And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah, who was troubled when he saw him, fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Your prayer has been heard. The hope that he needed, the answer to his prayer, came not when he was just sitting around crying about it. Now, I cry. You know, like, it's all good. Like, it's a, it's, it's, it's a good thing for a man to cry at times. But what we see in this instance with Zechariah, the promise, his answer to prayer came as he was attending to what the Lord called him to do. Here's the point I want to make to you that I'm making to myself is we don't stop our service and obedience to God in hopeless times. We must lean into God and allow our prayers to be answered in his timing. That's a word for somebody, somebody online maybe. Just because 2020 has not shaped... has not been shaped the way you want, just because things didn't happen the way that you expected them, doesn't mean you stop the outflow of peace and joy in your life. God called us to be salt and light, regardless of what goes on in a pandemic, regardless of who gets elected into office, we do not stop our service to God. We keep on serving God, we keep serving others, and as we do that, in his timing, as our hearts are pure before him, and as our motives are right, the prayers are answered. The angel comes in, and he answers the prayer for Zechariah. Someone say amen. Listen, this is, this is maybe just a word for me. I'm going to come back and watch this, so I'm just going to talk to you, Phil. <laughs> you don't stop doing what God told you to do just because things get difficult. Amen. This is a word for me. I'm just, you don't give up. You don't stop, be- don't stop believing. I just felt that song come over <laughs> In all seriousness, like, don't stop believing that God is good just because your circumstances are bad. Don't stop believing that God is for you just because the world is against you. Don't stop believing that you have a hope for a future just because things look crazy around you right now. Amen? Don't stop believing. Here's my second point. God is at work in the ordinary, the everyday, the mundane, the simple, the basic. The kids, they say that now. They call things basic. That was like a thing years ago. I don't know. I'm at that age now where I'm like, the kids say this, you know. <laughs> Luke 1, 26 and 29. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. God finds Mary in Nazareth. This was looked at and identified as a place of great insignificance, even. Uh, even it was Nathaniel in, in, in John uh, chapter 146, and when Philip goes to him, 
and he's telling him about Jesus, and he says, you got to come and meet this man, Jesus from Nazareth. And he says, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of a sterile? Can anything good? This ain't New York City, this ain't LA, this ain't Dubai, this ain't a great, great cities of the world where we expect miraculous and great, amazing things to happen. Can anything good come out of Benita, Fort Myers? Not only was the town ordinary or insignificant, but she herself, Mary, as a young teenage girl. Now, I don't know what, what, what you grew up with and what your view of, of who Mary was when she had Jesus. She wasn't some like matriarch or some mature woman. Commentary tells us that she was in the neighborhood of 14 to 16 years old. This is who the angel is appearing to and is saying, blessed are you, highly favored woman. And she's like, who, me? Just like, I'm just little old me. I, I'm not. By all accounts, I love who I love how God, and, and we don't, we're not gonna get into the shepherds, but I love how God initially appears and he puts his promise and reveals himself to the lowly. He's saying, There is a king, my son is going to be born, and I'm gonna do it through someone that the world would look at as ordinary, that the world would look at as in a, in a place that is ordinary. This is the place that God desires to manifest his glory in the ordinary. God places his promise on the inside of those that the world may deem insignificant. Whew. We see this even literally in Mary. He places the promise and the hope of glory on the inside of Mary, and she gives birth to Jesus. And the power of God is manifested in the earth in miraculous ways. And Jesus grows up. You know the story. He's crucified. And he rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for his saints. But God throws his promise into the ordinary. And the same for you and I. God places the promise on the inside of us. He places hope on the inside of us. There is change, healing, needed in our world. Somebody say, amen. There is hope needed in our world. And what God's desire to do, like he did with Mary, is to take that which is ordinary, place his spirit on the inside of it, and make it extraordinary. Come on, somebody. Ordinary, to take ordinary settings. Not just Nazareth, but like your home. To take settings like Publix. Come on, somebody. To take these... Ordinary settings and by the power of his spirit manifest himself in such a way that people can see his goodness. And I love what Mary says at the end. Luke 1.38, she says, Behold, I am, the, I am a, the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to me, uh, uh, let it be to me according to your word. Let what, what needs to happen in my life be according to what you said, not what the world says. Let it be unto me according, oh, let it be unto me according to what your word says and not what CNN says. 
or Fox News. I don't know, just equal opportunity. Let it be according to me what you say, Lord. I am who you say I am. God's favor. We just said it. Hey, I'm God's favorite. Whoo, I love it. God's favorite. Favorite just means the, the, the one who has favor. Just, so so in, that, in that text, God's favor rests on those that are committed to seeing his will done. Mary responded the right way, and she said, be it unto me according to your word. I will hold on to that promise and believe you for it. We see God go to work. Third thing, God is at work. Let's see what the first two things were. First two things, God is at work when things seem hopeless. Second thing, God is at work when? In the ordinary. Very good. Third thing, there's going to be a test at the end of this, so y'all better take... God is at work in the waiting. He's at work in the waiting. Luke 2. Jump over to Luke 2 now. Luke 2, 25 through 32. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. Everybody say Simeon. 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 He was righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah. He wasn't like, yeah, I don't know if this Jesus is going to come. He's like, no, Jesus is going to come, and I am waiting for him. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. I don't know if y'all realize this, or even those of you joining online, but I know you thought it was your idea to come to church, but there was something else that was driving you to church to drive you into the presence of God, and it's the Spirit of God that brought you here. And I just want you to know, maybe it's for, i just break off for a minute, like maybe you haven't been to church in a long time. I want you to know that you're here for a purpose. God has a word for you, those of you that are joining online. Maybe somebody just shared this with you. It's the Spirit of God that's drawing you closer to Him, and... What I see in 2020, like never before, the Spirit of God is trying to draw people close to him in these perilous times. Somebody shout, amen. Amen. That day the Spirit led him into the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people. See, he was expecting to see Jesus. What are you expecting? And I know a lot of us are just expecting and waiting for this pandemic to be over. We're just like, good Lord, we are waiting and we are eagerly waiting. I know I am, like somebody say amen. But there are other things, too, that God desires to give us. What are we eagerly waiting for? Maybe some of you said, I have seen my child fall away from God. I see my child fall away from God, and I raised them in such a way. You told me, God, you promised me. You said if if I train up a child in the way that they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from it, but they have departed from it. But God, I know your word is true. You told me it was true. So I am eagerly waiting for my son and daughter to return home. 
What are you waiting for? What are you, what are you eagerly anticipating? What do you need to believe for again? We see Simeon, a man of great faith. He was devout. It means he was committed. The Holy Spirit revealed to him a promise, but he had to wait for it to come to pass. And sometimes the promises of God just come unexpected. Like Mary's just like, blessed and highly favored. Oh, you want me? To? Oh, okay, I'll be, I'll be Jesus's mom. And then other times you see people like Simeon who receive a word and it takes time for that word to come to pass, that word to happen. Sometimes the promises of God come in the waiting. Many of us are in a season of waiting. We're waiting for our relationships to get better. We're waiting for to score that job or we're waiting for things to get a little bit easier. But I want you to know God is in the work. God is as at work in the waiting. Amen. Let me give you this last point, and I want to take some time on it. Fourth thing. What was the last thing? God is, God is at work in the waiting. That's right. It's good. Luke 2, 36 through 38. Ooh. I wish that I feel like one of the places, this is one of the places where the Lord is highlighted, and we see this picture of Anna, the prophet Anna in the Bible, and, and, and how she is intersected, and it's amazing. So uh, Luke 2, 36 through 38, Anna, a prophet. Everybody say Anna. Anna. Or Anna, potato, patata, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. She lived as a widow to the age of 84. Now, we don't know how old she was when she got married, but the point that, that, that Luke is trying to make is that she was a woman of age and experienced a tragedy in her life. Check this. It says, she never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer. And let me just tell y'all, like at some point, y'all got to get out of here. You can't stay here all day and, and pray and worship. Just letting y'all know. <laughs> but this is even, even, even the thought of, of that. The temple of God is not just now built by brick and mortar and walls, but that we are the temple of God and the presence of God. We, we, we never should allow it or desire for it to depart from us, that we are in constant communion with our heavenly Father, with the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us. So tragedy strikes. This woman, her husband dies. And what it does is it drives her into a relationship with God like she never had before. See, at times we look at tragedy and we think that the tragedy is set up for our destruction. And I want you to know today that there is a massive difference between a disruption and destruction. Whew. 
See, a distru- uh, let me even just give you a little bit of a definition of, of a disruption. A disruption is like, I am going one way in my life. Tragedy happens. Something happens in my life. A pandemic happens. Woo-hoo. Something happens that radically alters the way that I approach life. It's different than an interruption. An interruption just says, I'm walking in one direction, and I stop for a moment. That's an interruption. And I keep walking in the same direction. And could it be... Hello, could it be in 2020 that God is causing a disruption in our life, not to bring about destruction, but to bring us into a place like he did with Anna, where we lean into the things of God like we never have before? Woo, and in fact, woo, and in fact, a disruption at times is set for you to save you from destruction. Woo, my word. Sometimes the disruptions in our life we see as, it, as something that is bringing us harm and in pain. And in, in the moment, it might seem like that. But God tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. He knows the end from the beginning. So we need to be able to trust him and recognize that, God, yes, you are for me. And while this may be a disruption, I know it's not, a dis- it's not bringing me destruction. And I'm going to lean into you. Somebody say Amen. A disruption could be saving you from destruction. This is why we thank God for 2020. It's like, yeah, forgettable year. Like we say, 2020, there's a whole bunch of pastors, you know, at the beginning of the year that was like, this is going to be a year of vision, 2020 vision. And (laughs) they're preaching it. And you better believe it's been a year of vision. We can see things more clear. For some of us, we can see things more clearly, more clearly than we ever have. We see the works of the enemy, but we also see the power of God at work. Woo! So, 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 Anna. So, so, so we look here. Let me go back to verse thirty-eight. So I stop there. Let me go back to it. Says she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. So Mary and Joseph are just hanging out in the lobby after service, just drinking coffee with baby Jesus. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just, I'm just making sure you guys are paying attention. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. And she began praising God. She talked about the child. To everyone, get this, she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Oh, people in America, around the world, are still waiting for hope. They're still looking for hope. Many were expecting, man, if the person that I voted for gets in office, then, I, then hope has come. Come on, I know I just messed some of y'all up. Y'all are, I'm all about it. Like, you got to vote and you got you to do it. But here's, look at what Anna does. Two things happen as she finally sees the promise of God. She praises God as she sees Jesus, as God brings Jesus into her life. She praises God and then she goes and tells other people. Whew. 
This is, you look in the book of Revelation, John, in writing prophetically, he's talking about you and I. He's talking about the church. He's talking about people. He said, and they were overcome by the blood of the lamb, that they were overcome by only what Jesus could do, but they were also overcome by the word of their testimony. So this is why it's important for us to go and tell, show and tell. Come on, somebody. People don't just need to hear about Jesus. They need to see Jesus. And how are they going to see Jesus? In you. In you online. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and now we are his ambassadors. We are representatives of his kingdom. We are sons and daughters representing the family business of the kingdom. So it's our responsibility to thank him this Christmas season. It's our responsibility to rejoice. And it's also our responsibility to go and tell somebody. Go ahead and stand with me. She's grief-stricken. Some of you online. Emotional distress, depression, anxiety. You lost somebody, a loved one to COVID. Your friends walked out on you. You lost your job. You're at wit's end with your spouse. Your children are denying the faith. Jesus, God, is trying to bring Jesus to us this season. And as he brings that hope that only he could bring, our responsibility is to worship him and tell others. I want to read something to you real quick before we close. And I, had, I, don't, I didn't have it in my notes, but as I was reading this morning, I felt like we just needed to share it because we started off and we all said it together for the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. Isaiah 55, 10, and 11. Whew. For, the, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. The book of John talks about in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word put on flesh. Jesus is the word. So Jesus goes out. My word goes out and it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God sent Jesus into the world so we might have peace, so that we may have life and life abundantly. And my friends, if you feel like you're in a place where I am not living abundantly, God's word doesn't return void. And I want you to know today, this Christmas season, and I want you to be built up in your faith and encouraged that God's word does not return void and you can have hope and peace in Jesus' name this Christmas season. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, oh. it's 
2020, Lord, has been a year that, um, that we'll, we'll all never forget. We've never seen anything like this. And, um, but God, I'm thankful that in the middle of it, you're bringing a holy disruption in our life. God, and while this Christmas season feels different, God, I'm thankful that you're using it to refine us. God, are you using the circumstances of our life for your glory? God, and you work things, all things together for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose. So, Lord, I thank you. And, Lord, even as we see in your word, as you brought Jesus to these people in the different seasons of, our, of their lives, Lord, would we stand ready to receive Jesus? So just like Anna, as Jesus is walking by and as he's coming by in our lives right now, God, we have a moment of praise to say, whew, my hope has arrived. And you're here maybe and you're joining online and you're not here by accident and the Spirit has drawn you. And I never want to assume, especially in a season like this where people are coming to church for the first time all year or for the first time in years, maybe decades, I never want to make the assumption that everybody has received salvation and has identified Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So this needs to be a moment of confession for some of you, maybe joining online, but just a moment of saying that in, in Romans 10, 9, it says that if we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised this man, Jesus, from the dead, that we will receive salvation. We can be in right standing with God. If you need to make that declaration today, if you need to accept Jesus as your Lord, your Savior, your master of your life, I just want you to go ahead in this moment, just go ahead and raise your hand. Just say, hey, that's me. I need to, I need to make a decision. I need to make a decision to follow Jesus and receive him as my Lord and Savior. I see those hands. Let's all pray this. You don't have to pray it out loud, but let's just pray this together in agreement. Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into my heart, for meeting me at this moment in 2020 when things seem hopeless. Lord, I confess you as my Lord and Savior, the one that I want to commit to, the one I want to follow. And I believe that God raised you from the dead and you ascended to heaven and you're seated next to the Father, praying for me, interceding for me. So God, I thank you for salvation. And God, for the rest of us, Lord, this holiday season, during this time where we're opening gifts and decorating trees and shopping, God, let us be reminded in 2020 of the hope that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise for his goodness? Uh, if you need prayer, don't, don't, don't miss an opportunity to receive prayer. I want to invite our prayer team forward at this time. Uh, we believe, we, we wholeheartedly believe that prayer changes things. And uh, if there's a heaviness that you have maybe or some concern, anxiety, something rose up even as I was teaching. And uh, it's an opportunity to come together in agreement. If you're comfortable in doing that, we're, we stand ready to pray. But uh, make sure on your way out you grab the gift. I told you guys about the gift already? Yeah. All right, just making sure I got like, sorry. Short-term memory loss, sorry about that. 
But make sure you grab a gift on the way out, a great thing for you to engage with us. And again, those of you joining us online, uh, you can be able to uh, participate in that too. I want to release the people that are joining us online. God bless you. We'll see you soon. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.